The Limey and the Yank are gonna rock your day All the way from England to the USA The great song they made from yesterday and today The Limey and the Yank are gonna rock your way Spreading the love, spreading the joy With the music we play Loretta Lynn. <laughs> Loretta Lynn. She's like anybody that thinks about country music, they look at Loretta Lynn. And Queen, Dolly's the queen. She's more of the, um, dare I say, up-to-date queen in country music. But yeah, I, th I think that would fit because Loretta Lynn started her career started just a little bit earlier than Dolly Parton's. Yeah, Dolly April Parton got really big in the '70s, and Loretta was big in the '60s. Not that you have to send me a present, but April the 14th. I was a few years after her, but 1932, um, she was born April the 14th, which I didn't. Coal miner's daughter. Yeah, that movie with Sissy Spacek playing Loretta Lynn was really popular. I remember seeing it in the theater when I was a kid. And I think that really pushed and maybe pe people realized how great country music really is. Sometimes Hollywood have, has to bring out a movie dedicated to a certain subject to make people realize, broaden your out and look at music and look at this and this is great too so but they any also got a chance to see some of the struggles she went through too she had she had a really jealous controlling husband she had a rough childhood they they got a really a true biopic i i gotta say because it showed some of the hard times and her successes to make it all that more important as a woman in country music trying to succeed yeah and uh sissy space SpaceX, she, I, I believe she got an Academy Award for a performance after Carrie, and we all know Carrie, right? The movie, and coming out with this afterwards, it really made her a superstar, you know? Yeah, you know? I think you're right. I think it did win an, her an award. I mean, you get... You know, like I said before, you get a chance in a lifetime of finding a character and playing a part that makes you, that is you, and that becomes you in people's hearts. And I believe this did it for Carrie. It was absolutely incredible. And in fact, I want to go back and watch it. Don't you, buddy? <laughs> I think Tommy Lee Jones was in it. We haven't seen him in a while. But um, Tommy Lee Jones was in Coal Miner's Daughter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that because, of course, I was so young at the time. I'd have no idea who that is. That'd be interesting to see him really young. And you've got one of the uh, songs that I pulled up. Yep. All right, Let's Loretta. What song you want? Loretta Lynn. Don't, don't come home a drinking. That's right. This is a yeah. great country song because it's realistic. You know, it's a whole, it's a whole, uh, but it, it, go ahead and address the subject of honky tonking and its consequences on the American family. But let me say this though. Don't you think it's a song which relates, you know, unfortunately to some of the alcohol abuse and 
how it can ruin a marriage if it's not controlled. And yeah, exactly. Con- That's what I'm saying is it, it was a very realistic thing. It was a very real, true to life kind of story. That she and how, how polite and nice. So uh, in the way that the, that she sang it, don't come home a drinking with loving, which we all know about loving on your mind, right? A little bit of slap and tickle, as we say. All right, listen. That's the bit. She's setting boundaries, and that's a good thing. And other women who might be going through that might be, you know, hearing that message and saying, I need to stand up. This is not good. Let's give them that message a little bit. Here you go. Loretta Lynn with Don't Come Home a-Drinking. Yeah, none of that hanky panky, as we would I love say. That whole, if that's the kind of loving you want, then you don't need none of mine. <laughs> but you know, people see stars on TV, and uh, like being one of the queens, Loretta Lynn of uh, country music, but they don't realize the pain and the effort and what they put through. She was on the road performing for fifty years, man. Amazing. That's a lot of time, yeah. Um, but she did do a lot of focusing on women's issues and rights, you know. Um, she sang about bad husbands, birth control. She did the pill, which was, you know, people went, what's the pill, you know? Uh, it's interesting you should bring that up because th- there was a thing about the 1960s in country music I, I mentioned a while ago that there was a split where you had the folk singers who were talking about the everyday man needing some justice and and kind of leaning a little bit close to that whole communism scare in the 50s. And as that bled over into the 60s, uh, you still had the happy cowboy songs and the mainstream country songs, and Loretta's addressing those. But there was this time where the 1960s rock and rollers were adopting that Woody Guthrie kind of protest country and the Nashville sound country, the mainstream folks didn't want any of it. So the birds, they actually had a gig to play the Grand Ole Opry and they didn't get finished because they got heckled off stage. That is incredible. And actually on my next notes, we talk about the birds and country rock and how they influenced and they brought in country into rock and roll, right? Which will probably be... Singing about the pill was a little bit of sitting across both of those worlds. Yeah. Yeah, the other side... I got a problem here. I got a... I'm trying to keep an eye on folks commenting on our page and every once in a while it'll randomly fire up and play us. Time traveling to 30 minutes ago. That's okay. We appreciate your feedback. Call us back and let us know what you think because that's what it's all about. It's about you, your comments, and your thoughts too. But anyway, to, to finish it off, you know, you know the pill. Uh, <laughs> Go on. Double standards with men and women. Uh, she sang about the Vietnam War and um, all that kind of stuff. Even if you didn't like the Woody Guthrie and the birds and the folk rock hippie kind of camp, you still understood those messages because 
anybody was affected by the Vietnam War. They were affected by alcoholism. They were all, the whole world was, was taken aback by the sudden introduction of the pill and the ability for women to have control over their reproductive freedom. Well, that was that, a big deal. That's what makes an extra special artist is bringing in what we need to know and what we need to change and what we need to make our country better. And um, actually, she she was touring till 2017, um, but she did develop a stroke in her later years and she had a, a broken hip and she kept on going. I, I believe she's 90 years old. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's just amazing. Well, how wonderful. We love you, Loretta. Did I say that right? Ah, Loretta, you are the you are one of the queens. Thank you yep. so much <laughs> for your love and dedication, all that wonderful music you brought to us. All right, we're going into more of our century now. And what have you got up your sleeve? Well, let's see. Uh, probably at the tail end of the 60s, I do have a song that's more of a classic from Carl Perkins. I remember Carl Perkins. Yep. It's called Let the Jukebox Keep On Playing. And this was definitely your Nashville sound continuing to be mainstream. Here you go. Here's a little bit. Oh, it's you I'm craving. It's you I'm dreaming of. Let them know that I'll be waiting when my lonely days are through. Let the jukebox keep on playing till I'm holding you. So there's that slide guitar that's classic country music, but the way he sings it is harkens back to that whole thing we talked about about yodeling because yeah he's he's warbling around on the notes on purpose and it's it's oddly enough it's actually kind of soulful like he's singing a little gospel hymn to the sound of music and the songs that remind him of the woman he loves i tell you what that guitar the slide guitar that is unbelievable and it's un unbelievably hard to play i'm not a musician that way but Incredible, man. I absolutely love it. I'm going to jump a, a couple of generations and go uh, closer into country music, which is boom. You know, like we said, it's a worldwide phenomenon now. And uh, we saw them uh, at the Tampa Theater, Tampa Theater uh, a couple of years ago. And I'll be honest, I haven't been to that many country concerts but these guys lady antebellum have you heard of them oh yeah yeah lady antebellum yeah you definitely jumped pretty far ahead from the 60s to the 2010s well you know i had to because you mentioned patsy klein but you know you've got the slatter brothers we got Lou harris we got so many wonderful we could carry on but we need like the full day or the full week to bring everybody in. That's fantastic. So we kind of had to pick people from random to bring in, I guess, our opinion of who's great and 
but you know we have to honor everybody out there that has been such a massive influence you know but you can't bring everybody in right right but, you know they changed the name now and sometimes it's good sometimes it isn't brother if you know what i'm saying and uh, now the lady a um, that's uh, that's that in itself is a pretty difficult and awkward story but yeah i think it's hard when people get used to a certain name and they want to keep it as popular as they are it's hard to keep your cr crowd and your uh, the people that admire you and your fans into you know liking the name and well, do you do you want to explain? Do you want me to explain the whole antebellum thing that happened in 2020? Yeah, did it? I, I've got a couple of notes here. It happened in London, England, right? Uh, in the uh, historical costume um, uh, Vanabellum House in England, and they were looking for a name, and uh, that kind of contributed to how they call themselves. Uh, Lady Alabellum. Antebellum. Antebellum. But, yeah, they knew that the word antebellum was a very American Southern term. Now, the thing about it is antebellum is actually Latin. It's uh, it's a very old Latin that means before the war. But the thing about it that became uncomfortable in 2020 is we started talking about how the Civil War wasn't a good time. Nobody on either side was particularly happy with what was going on. And the folks in the North and the South both agreed that this dark chapter in American history wasn't the kind of thing that should be celebrated. We should just get it done and move on with our lives. Now, I won't get into the whole history of the thing, but the gist of it is the word antebellum has started to become noted, at least in American, the American South and country music, as referring to that time when slavery was still a thing, when oppression was still going on, and when the South was at war with the North. So those are not pleasant connotations, and that's why Lady Antebellum wanted to change their name. I don't want to get too far down the road with this, but it's awkward and difficult because they are currently also in a lawsuit with a uh, another singer who Brett. actually has the name Lady A already. And so whatever their name ends up being, yeah, they do some really good music. They've got some great performances. It's just, uh, for the record, people do this all the time. So it's not like Lady Antebellum is suddenly canceled. It's, it's not anything that people should be really terrified by. It's their decision. They decided they wanted to change the way they look just like the Dixie Chicks started to realize that the word Dixie still had that connotation of Confederate rebellion and pre-war slavery. So they decided to drop it and just become the Chicks. I love I'm going to talk about the Dixie Chicks, too. But let's yep. keep on going with uh, Lady Antebellum. Yeah, do you have a song from Lady A or Lady Antebellum? The, yeah. The formerly known as Lady Antebellum? Yeah, uh, Hillary Scott. Charles Kelly, Dave Haywood, and Linda David, uh, the four of them, great four-piece harmony. But the yeah. song that I, I mean, I like a lot of the songs, and if you haven't seen these people live, folks, I highly recommend them. They bring such a great crowd, and it's such a memorable concert. I loved them. It was unbelievable. But the song Need You Now. Okay. 
This is a great hit because it also moved across the pop chart. So it's another good example of country having this universal appeal. Here you go. Here's Need You Now by Lady Antebellum or whatever they will ultimately be called. It's a quarter after one. Wow, I tell you what, when you hear a song like that and it's so big, the production, loud, but doesn't burst your ears, but just captures like the whole room and just sucks you in. The vocals, the steel guitar, and it's just a classic from the start, right? It really is. It has all the same, no pun intended, notes. It has all the same pieces that make up a great country song, even though it wasn't put together in the 1950s or 60s. Sugarland. Sugar, da, 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 da. Sugarland. Have you heard of Sugarland? That's a different song. I know. Sugarland, the group from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh-huh. Uh, Jen- Jennifer Nettles, Christine Bush, been in the Hall of Fame. First album to stay home and write songs. That's what she did. She she actually, uh, Christine Bush, pardon me, um, and Christine, two Christines, I'm sorry, uh, Christine Hall, uh, there was four of them. She left the band after uh, the first hit, actually, just to concentrate on writing songs. Um, that's all she wanted to do. Uh, well, you know, the interesting thing about that is that the 90s, musically speaking, were kind of all over the map. So you had industrial, grunge, alternative, and all these different kinds of sounds. And as a result, Sugarland kind of, they took a little bit of a different spin. I'm not saying they sounded like alt-rock, but they might be part of that whole alternative country genre that sprang up in the late 90s. And I know Sugarland's career started right about the late 90s and moved into the 2000s. So, yeah. You're exactly you right. From Sugarland, you want to play? Yeah, I was just going to say, though, they went on a hiatus uh, from uh, 2012 to 2017, which is a long time, five years, you know? Yeah. And um, unfortunately, one of the concerts uh, when they reunited, um, Ended up a disaster August 13th, 2011, outdoor stage collapsed. Um, Yeah, and unfortunately there was 45 people um, injured and uh, seven people uh, that passed on, uh, which is a hard thing to go back and go into a concert after something like that. You know, similar thing happened to The Who, you know, back in the 80s. And how how awful not to, you know, to take it personally, uh, but you can't because, you know, you didn't put the stage up and it's all about crowd control, you know. And, and sometimes uh, you can get a rowdy crowd. When I was uh, in the 80s, I got to see Alabama live and we were standing on some bleachers 
and everybody was stomping and jumping. And at a certain point, I'm like, I feel like I'm either going to lose my balance or I'm going to slip under these bleachers and break a leg. So I, I told my dad, I need to just go out on the stairs, which are concrete. And I want to stand there and not be doing this the whole time because people are just, <laughs> they're shaking everything around and they don't realize they're doing it. But I was like, I don't want to be on these bleachers. That's amazing. I didn't even realize that you've seen uh, Alabama. Yeah. Um, but they, um, they, they schedule a concert again. Um, I don't know if they uh, they reunited in, like I say, 2017 and August the 13th, 2011. Uh, that's when the uh, concert collapsed. But then they they came back after all that, you know, and uh, they uh, had a tour set for 2020, which unfortunately was when all this nastiness started happening with yeah, uh, all bets are off for 2020 yeah mary chapin carpenter which i love all song but uh, dedicating a song to them um i don't know if i sent it to you but uh something more uh which she did sugar land have you got that lined up no you sent me a different song you said country me line. line yeah i got two of them actually so either one i love them both so County line is incredible. Sorry, right. buddy. That, that'd be perfect. Yeah. Thanks, Just man. I have that one handy. Let's go ahead and give it a spin. Yeah. This is County Line by Sugarland from 2009. Great, great, great. All right, great. sorry, 2006. Is that powerful or what? And I think it has every instrument in there to make a powerful country song, don't you, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, that really has a great sound to it. Yeah, look, and hopefully, you know, we'll, they'll perform soon and uh, we'll get to go back into live concerts uh, and live country artists and get out there. And even though it's limited capacity, if you're there, that's all what counts, right? Yep. So yeah, Sugarland, you're you're a classic. You're wonderful. Your tragedies, we're sorry for, but please keep up your work. I think you're absolutely unbelievable and brilliant. So enough about talking about what I'm talking about. You can talk a little bit if you want. Yeah. Thank you. So are we sticking with the last leg of the show or are we going to go back and talk about the 1970s, 80s and 90s? I, I kind of talked a lot in our first half about the, uh, you know, the the past and the history of it. But yeah, if you've got something to say that we're interested in, which I don't know about that, that's debatable. Um, if you want yeah, to you have to have good taste in country music to be able to say something like that. So far, so good. So far, so good with you. But yeah, carry on. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I was born in Texas and my parents and I were the only Texans who actually left Texas. So 
When I was a kid, we moved around a whole bunch in America, and it's probably part of why I don't have a particular accent, although sometimes I I tend to drop into a southern one, because Texas was my, it was kind of my anchor. It was the one consistent place where I had family that loved me and I could spend time with them. And I tell you this because we had... Um, we had relatives out in the country that I had a few times I would get to go see. And my grandfather had a cattle ranch. So I'd get to go out on his farm in the summers and spend time out there. And there, there are some really wonderful memories. But throughout all of that, all of my family, they're all playing country music of all different kinds. And they're singing country songs to me. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of special meaning there to me. And that's why a lot of the songs that I picked are actually from the 70s is because they're they're just stuff that I grew up with. Uh, I'm, I'm really having a hard time picking any one, but I will go ahead and talk a little bit about... I don't know. Let, let's go ahead and do this one. This this is fun. Um, have you, Steve, ever heard of Lukenbach, Texas? No. Really? No, I, I have not. I haven't a clue. Well, most people send a clue. It's a tiny, tiny little town in Texas. It's actually, um, I think the German translation is by the lake, but yeah, it's a. It, it was settled by Germans. Uh, I had family that lived in Fredericksburg, which was also a German town nearby. And I mention it because Lukenbach, Texas was romanticized in a song by Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson called Lukenbach, Texas, Back to the Basics of Love. And the goal of that song is saying, you know, we're real successful in country and we're real big and living in the city and we're all real miserable. Maybe we should just think about going back to the country and living the simple life. So Lukenbach, Texas, if you go see it, uh, it is or it originally was a trading post, which I guess was a post office and a general store and not much else. But it actually is a slightly bigger small town that is now a big name in country music, has about 500 people to it. I mentioned this. Let me see. I've actually got some notes on Lukenbach. Let's see here. So, yeah, the gist of it was that this little town, <laughs> there's a lot of different country music performers. There was one in particular who was becoming famous, but Willie and Waylon. The funny thing about this is Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings are great country music performers who come under this kind of bad boy outlaw country style. And they sang this song, but they hadn't actually been to Lukenbach before. They were using that idea of that tiny Texas town to tell this bigger picture story. So here you go. Here's a little bit of that song because I heard this a lot when I was a kid. This coat and tie is choking me in your high society you cry all day We've been so busy keeping up with the Jones Four car garage and we're still building them Maybe it's time we got back to the basics of love Let's go to Luke and Buck, Texas Wailing and Successful life we're living Got us feuding like the Hatfields and McCoys Between... So folks in Lukenbach are kind of uh, ambivalent about how they feel about Waylon and Willie. <laughs> There's some good and some bad, but the nice thing is it is still a small Texas town that's 
doesn't necessarily need the song because it cares about its own country music traditions. I think they're wonderful. They, they are two legends in their own right. And Willie, he's still moving and taking his whole family across the country and always performing. And like Keith Richards, he'll be performing till way into his hundreds, I'm sure. He'll just have a bigger family and a bigger caravan to take around with him, I think. But with hey, William Jennings... to talk last, can I do another? <laughs> okay, go ahead. This is another fun one. I wanted to mention Mel Tillis. Mel Tillis, or as my grandfather introduced me to him, Mel Tillis, is someone who grew up with a stutter. And he used music and singing to get around his stuttering. And he became famous for the fact that even though he had a stutter, he was a great singer and everybody loved the sound of his music. And so I'm going to play this one because this is classic 1970s country. It's Coca-Cola Cowboy. And it is calling out, are you a real cowboy or are you just one of those guys that gives the image like the rhinestone cowboy? I love it. Here's Mel Tillis with Coca-Cola Cowboy. Awesome. It's too late now and I know you'll never change As she said You're just a Coca-Cola cowboy You got a Eastwood smile and Robert Redford hair But you walked across my heart like it was Texas and you taught me how to say I just don't care. She said, just leave me alone. Isn't that great? I love them, but those are two songs you just played that I haven't heard. And like they say, every day you learn something new. That is unbelievable. I love it. And yeah, it and talks smile and Robert Redford hair. <laughs> which I think might be a reference to that 1974 film, The Electric Horseman, which was That's right. playing a rodeo star. Yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I, so that is absolutely awesome. Brilliant. And I think you brought something new to our listeners, too, which that's what we try to do sometimes. Right, buddy? Bring <laughs> yeah. something new and exciting. Hey kids, time to go for now, but don't forget you can always find us on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and on Twitter, and you can stop by our YouTube channel where we've put playlists together of all of the episodes and the seasons, so you can let those roll and have a lot of fun reliving your memories with the original, full versions of the songs. We also have the website, thelimeyandtheyank.com, where you can go download MP3s of your favorite songs from Amazon. We really appreciate you listening to the show. And the most important thing to us is please keep sharing with us your stories, your memories, your favorite songs. Give us feedback. Tell us how we're doing. And please do keep tuning in wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again. 